to In Discovery We Trust, a Star Trek Discovery podcast. This week, we will be discussing Project Daedalus. My name is Ethan, and I'm joined by the ever-groomed Kevin. Alright, so this is going to be a little different format this week, because the last time we both had this similar feeling of not too sure how we feel about an episode, we tried to go through the notes... Yep. And uh, we think we delivered to you a subpar product. So what you're saying is we're going to now do that again. We're going to not look at any notes. <laughs> we're going to deliver people a subpar no, product. we're trying a different roadmap. We're just going to go right forward. What do we right think forward. of this episode and why? Um, well, I think the, the, the biggest issue is they killed off, and I say that in quotes if you can hear my rings clanging, they killed off um, a character that we... Never got a chance to know fully. Yeah, and long-time listeners will know, I have been, you know, rooting for some more Arium. Yeah. And I love what we got. We got her backstory. Yeah. In this snippet, we got her friendship with the other um, characters. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then she it. became the enemy and then she died. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So... Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't really quite know how I feel about it because Arium has been... I don't want to... Like, Arium, she was a little bit more than, a, I would say, a background player. Right, because she was so interesting. She was wanted interesting. to know more. Right. She was an augmented human, and I remember last season we had a kind of brief discussion about Arium. I don't think we knew her name back then. Right, we called her a robot lady. You could call her a robot lady. And... I think even back then, I don't think it was clear to me that she was like a an augmented. We human. thought she was a cyborg. Cyborg, yeah. I mean, it may have been said, but I, you know, if it was, I may have missed it. And I remember you said, "Why is everybody so why so Why does everybody get so impressed with data?" If later they've on? had this, if they've had that thing lying around for yes. you know centuries, but but I think that's because only the show, a century. But the show had yeah. not explained it to us. I truly feel that that's true. Yeah, and I think that maybe Arium, you could even say, is like a nice sort of like how cool would that be if. Like, because I remember Dr. Soon on Enterprise said that he wanted to focus on cybernetics. And how cool would that have been if, like, Arium was, like, potentially, like, something, an experiment that he worked on, which eventually led to data. Well, like, it's not a full cybernetic human, but it's, like, it's a human with cybernetic... Right, and it seemed like she was more cybernetic than she was human. Yeah. Yeah, that was... Yeah. Um, but, um... Th- here's the thing, too. I think that the background we got was so interesting. We got to see... What her life was like before. Yeah. We got to see her last And that was the actress. That was the actress who plays her. Who plays her this season or all last season? Uh, this season, I believe. Okay. Because yeah. I know they changed it. it wasn't, Pretty sure that was the actress. Yeah. It was an Australian model. Yes. And, and then she ended season. up being in this season. Right. But not as Arian. I had a theory into why they changed. Because those robot movements are really hard and maybe like, the model couldn't do it. And they needed someone that could do the robot movements. And as I'm illustrating right now for the listeners <clears throat> that can't see it. That you can't see it. You're doing the, what is it, the robot, that robot dance? No, I was doing the Arium. The Arium. Um, so, a fascinating character that I would have loved to have seen more of. But, I, I, maybe I'm misremembering, but it always seemed to me, at least in the scenes that we saw with Arium up until this one, Arium seemed, and it could have just been maybe a, a, a result of the sort of hacking that took place, but... Arium, to me, before this, always seemed far more robotic in the way she behaved and the way she kind of carried herself. Here she was very expressive, almost human, and 
it didn't seem like the same right I think because we never got any scenes of her interacting outside of the bridge right or even socializing with anybody right and once we saw that we saw oh she actually is a human yeah and um, so maybe there'll be a short trick about her who knows but actually I have a theory okay so remember they said she downloaded all of her memories yes maybe they recreate her as a but then it would have to be like a data style well, that's what happened to Data on in uh, Nemesis. Yeah. He had his brother be four, and Data downloaded himself, or B4 got all of Data's memories, basically. Yeah. And Data died. Kind of like the way McCoy got Spock's Katra. Okay. I got another one. Wrath of Khan. Here we go. I'm going on a limb here. Okay. Maybe in the short trek, the ship's consciousness is Ariel. Well, there was a theory that the, con- that the ship's consciousness was the Red Angel. Right. Could Arian be the Red Angel? Oh, heavens. Hmm. Nice Probably not. There. But it seems like something could happen with Well, I don't know. Maybe. I mean, I mean, I feel like at this point the Red Angel could almost be... I don't want to say almost anything, but I, maybe... Spock did say it was human. Right, and Arium's an augmented human. He didn't say it was an augmented human. Right, he would have probably known if he was reading a digital mind or a mind mind. I don't know if he would make the distinction or if that would matter. Mm. Yeah. Um, so, you know we like the show, but I have to be a little bit critical here. Because this is something we've talked about for a while. Well, but, yeah, and, and before you say that, I mean, I'll just say that, you know, I think that as we've watched this show over the last two years, I, I like to think that we are very, we're very positive fans of this show. Yeah, we're fair, I think. We mostly like the show, but... <laughs> we're fair and balanced. We're <laughs> oh, no, no, no. no. Um, you know but sorry, means. I don't mean to cut you off, but like, I wanted no, to kind of set, yeah, set that. Yeah, no, I think that we are definitely mm-hmm. positive about it. But yeah. this is the thing that I've been sort of bringing up periodically, is that I want to know these people better. I wanted to know Arium, I wanted to know Detmer. Yep. I wanted to know... You kept uh, calling her Eye-Lady. Welcome, Jew. I think is her name. I gotta look it up. Um, and Wushu. Do you want to Wushu? Okay. Yeah. Um, I think this is a weakness of the show, and maybe it's just because they have less episodes. But I think this would have been so much more impactful if we got even a couple of scenes <clears throat> of Arium interacting with right tilly and michael because apparently they're all very good friends even if it was even if it was just last week for like or and even um detmer and um um uh the asian guy rice right like it seems like they i'm like a they like a relationship what's going on there well think of all the opportunities yeah Uh, even remember they had the dance party way back when they were doing the repetitive episode yeah yeah um you know they could have put Ariam in the dance party Trying to dance in the maybe Arian like, was the DJ. And we just they could have like joked around like, "Oh, yeah. you're a robot. You dance better than any number of things could have happened." Where right? She could have been in any of these social situations. Like it would have been cool if those flashbacks we saw of Arian's memories were actually from episodes. Yeah. Right. But apparently, they all play a game and they are best friends. Cotta Scott, which is a game they play on Voyager. Okay. Yeah, so that was a nice little Voyager nod there. <clears throat> yeah, so I think that it's it it strikes me as a sort of a writerly um, this wasn't weakness. like this wasn't like a this was it wasn't like a Tasha Yad type of death because Tasha Yad was a regular right and 
I wanted it to mean more. Right. And it meant something only for Michael. Right. Not for that character. And it was, it was funny because it's when... Um, I really see. I really didn't see it as having something for Michael because I never really saw Michael interact with Arian. Much. Well, I mean, it meant something just in that moment. In that moment, and yeah. that has to do with her. But like, I wasn't feeling. I guess what I'm saying is, I wasn't feeling the same sort of pain that Michael felt when Arian. I wasn't feeling pain. I was feeling more. It went back to the conversation with Spock. Yeah, which we'll get to in a moment. Yeah. But when I was watching this with uh, my wife, I said at the beginning. Oh, look, we're getting to know Arium's past. I mean, that probably means she's going to die this episode. And I was totally joking. Yep. But there it is. So it's, yeah. it's the classic thing. You introduce a character just to kill Well, oddly enough, I thought that was an ad for, like, a travel... I'm like, what the hell is this? <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea what it was. Even all those, like, digital lines over... Well, that, that was... Off. I thought... I I mean, I see you see weird commercials all the time. I'm like, I'm like, what is this? A commercial for Travelocity? What's going on here? And mm. then I'm like, oh... I, but I, but what, what does that mean, though? Did Aria, I mean, if that's Aria, who filmed it? I'm watching this. I'm like, who's holding the camera? Oh, well, that was her eyes. But she wasn't augmented yet. No, wait, who was holding right, the camera? Right, but we saw but we yeah. saw memories of her with Tilly. Like, look from her perspective of Tilly sitting to her left and Detmer yeah. sitting to her right. So unless she was and in you a, watched him sitting in front of her, yeah. so it was like, was yeah. she doing that? I like, I, was she holding the camera? Maybe. Yeah. Or maybe she was in a three-person relationship. Maybe, you know, if... Uh, Roddenberry had his way. That would be very common in the future. Probably two women, one man. Was the Red Angel doing it? Like I don't, I don't know. Um, yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. Uh, I definitely got a little Black Mirror vibe in that one. Yeah. When they were looking at the past because there's the episode with the uh, implant where people can replay their memories. Yep. And the they, like interface looked very similar. Wait, which one is that? Sorry, I don't mean to get off topic. Uh, it's the one where like is that recent? It's a guy. No, it's in the first season and second season. Okay. The first, the guy has um, he thinks his wife is cheating, so he keeps replaying all these things mm, over yeah. and over. And then he has a beginning; he has a job um, like evaluation. Yep. And he thinks it didn't go well, so he keeps replaying it, obsessing over like the way they said every little word. Jeez, maybe I shouldn't watch it because I know what that's like. <laughs> yeah, up to obsess over a little word. I haven't seen that one. It's good. It's good. <clears throat> um. So yeah, that's my issue. There is. Don't introduce a character, finally, and just to kill them. Just to kill them off. Yeah. So I hope I'm wrong, and I hope they are going to do something with her memories other than, you know, watch them and feel sad. Yeah, and I mean, from the trailer next week, it looks like we, it's going to be Arium's funeral, because we see the coffin getting shot out into space. Yeah. Yeah, it's a little foreshadowing for Spock, I think. Um... So I think that can bring us to the Michael Spock situation because I felt that what was important for Michael about Arium yep. was that this was their conversation where Spock was really kind of laying into Michael. Oh, definitely was. But I think if Michael had stopped being so defensive and listened, mm -hmm. she would have gotten um, some insight into how she acts because, you know, Spock is a wise man. The, the, the relationship, the two of them were just... They were going at it a little. I thought a little too much in this episode, and it was, and I was really, it was really beginning to to grate on me a little bit. Like I get it, they they don't they have tension between them, they don't get along, but it was just really beginning to every single scene they were in, it was just the back and forth, the back and forth. Like Stamets asks them to talk, and then they start talking, they start fighting, and then they leave, and they start fighting again, and then they're playing chess, and they start fighting again, and I'm just like, yeah. Jesus Christ! It's just... It was funny, that scene, because they started fighting, 
and they the way this the scene was edited it went from Michael to Spock, and then it would cut over to Stamets just watching them, and then it would cut yeah. back Michael Spock, Michael Spock, then over to Stamets, and I kept thinking, why do they keep showing Stamets just looking? He's getting, he's getting, getting he's getting, more he's right. getting tired of it. Yeah. yeah. Um, I did like that little like brief interplay between Stamets and Spock, where Spock's saying like, I can't work like this. I can't this, you know, because the power was out because I can't do this work. He's like, well, I got to do this and I got to do that. So. Yeah, and I like that Spock immediately. <laughs> I like that he went like full Stamets on Spock, basically. Right, and it, but he was using logic, so if Spock was immediately said, right. you're right, and then he started helping. <laughs> Fair so, point, is what he said. Yes, Stamets is uh, pretty logical also. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought the fact that Spock's main criticism of Michael was, Michael thinks everything's about her. She thinks that she can save everybody. She has to step in and take control of every situation mm-hmm. because she knows best. Right. And that's what started the war. And that's what hurt Spock's feelings and made him give up on his humanity or get confused when he was younger. And then immediately after, that was the same situation she was in when right. she had no choice but to well, don't forget, I mean, marry him on the airlock. Everything she tries to do, so it's, it's really just dawning on me right now. I remember when the, um, in the first, in the second episode of the series, Battle of the Binary Stars, when the war is about to begin. It's after she does the, the nerve pinch to Giorgio. Mm-hmm. And Giorgio comes onto the bridge holding a phaser in front of her. And she says to her, and Michael says to Giorgio, you know, and this applies to everything Michael's done since then, I think. She says, Captain, I'm trying to save you. I'm trying to save all of you. Yeah. And every person she's tried to save, whether it's Giorgio, whether it's uh, Spock at, the, at a young age, whether it's Arium, it just, it doesn't, she can't do it. Yeah. And and I thought that this was a missed another missed writer opportunity yeah. was that when she was faced with that choice of of jettisoning Arium out of the airlock and she wouldn't do it at first and then once I saw that Spock was there and he started to talk I said Michael just do it I thought he was going to refer back to that conversation right I thought that would have been so much more effective if he had said Michael you can't save her this is the only way something like that logic. Yeah, I thought that would have worked well. But I did yeah. like the fact that he made that point, and then immediately in this scene, she had the same situation. She would not give up, mm. even though everything was pointing to the fact that she had to open the airlock. She she wouldn't give up. Right. And it probably comes from the fact that her parents were killed right next to her, and she couldn't act. But as Spock points out, that that's what's been bothering her. Again, couldn't save them either. Yeah, she's every she's never able to save anybody, despite. <laughs> but it seems like there she didn't act. There she didn't act. And yeah. it seems like that has haunted her. So now she always acts, and it just has caused problems. Yeah. So I liked the development of the Michael character, and even the even the relationship. And that's how I see it. I mean, Michael is a deeply Michael is a deeply flawed character, but that's okay. Yeah. Oh, totally. And Spock is deeply flawed, also. Yeah. I mean, this is a very emotional Spock. Yeah, in a more interesting way than we got in the Abrams verse. Oh, definitely. I mean, I I know we were saying as I was was walking back here, I was saying that I think that the more I see him, the actor Ethan Peck playing Spock, the more I'm beginning to sort of see, I'm beginning to see more of Leonard Nimoy in there. It's interesting that he's not really doing much channeling of Zachary Quinto, but um, yeah, I, I'm seeing a little bit of. I am seeing a little bit of. Nimoy, Nimoy, they sort of canonized how we were saying that if you watch the first few episodes of the original series, Spock is, Spock's highly emotional. 
yeah. Specifically in the specific episodes of that are Corporal Mind Maneuver and The Enemy Within. Like, he yells. Not out of, like, anger, but he just raises his voice. He just yells. Yes. And, and he's not a, as cool and reserved. In the cage, also, he gets, you know, the cage. childlike grin right. when he sees those plants. And we know in the real world, it's just the idea that the right, it's both the writers and Nimoy trying to figure out how to best articulate this character, but what they've done in Discovery is that they've really sort of taken that and made that, no, that's that's Spock at a, at a bit of a younger age, still sort of, you know, you could almost say in the first few episodes that's him transitioning into, still sort of transitioning, making his final sort of transition into the Spock that we eventually know. Yeah, and so, I really like too when he smashed the chessboard and he said, uh, "I'm enjoying," or I. Yeah, I'm, I'm enjoying having. I'm not angry. I'm, I'm just angry because I'm enjoying having emotions. Yes, that was good. That was a yeah. nice touch. So it, I think maybe it tells me that something maybe down the line is going to happen, where he just decides, "I just I can't live. I I, I need to get a control over my emotions now." Right, and he goes fully the other way. Yeah, and then that's where we meet him. Right. In the original series. And I mean, that's that's honestly why there is that tension between Michael and Spock, I think. It's because, I mean, just never mind what she did, but it's more apparent because Spock's emotional about it. If it was the Spock from the original series, I don't know if he would be, I don't think you would see him, you wouldn't see him being as emotional toward her about it. You wouldn't see him just sort of acting out of anger toward her, I don't think. Right. I think he would just be more yeah. flat out dismissive. And I think he tried that at first with her. Yeah. They sort of said, there's nothing to apologize for. It was helpful what you did for me. It was logical. He kind of right. went down that road. And right. then eventually... Last out. week, I feel like he did that, yeah. Yeah, so it's like he's trying to when do... When he finally it. kind of woke up on Telesport, yeah. He's not, he's, not, um, he's not successful at completely pushing down all the emotions. He's trying. Right. He's putting on a good show of it. But can you imagine if he was... Can you imagine if McCoy knew him right now? Oh, McCoy might like him. <laughs> Well, what is it? <laughs> Go back to that. Um, my, my so, I two things I want to say. The the first thing I want to say is, I mean, you're done with your Spock stuff, right? Or do you have more observations? Uh Spock. Spock and no, I'm done. Okay, so <laughs> control. Okay, control. What? Yeah. So. We find out that the Federate, that Starfleet is run more or less by AI and well, not run, not run, they but like the Starfleet admirals feed and feed their information into this AI system, and based on the recommendations that it gives, that's how they make their decisions. Right, I guess admirals. they get a recommendation and then they choose to is this go sort of, with it or not. Is so. this sort of like the explanation as to why all Starfleet admirals are corrupt? <laughs> Do they tell them to be is, corrupt? No, if you go back and look at all, almost all of Trek, almost every Starfleet admiral is somehow corrupt. Huh. The villain, practically, in Star Trek Insurrection is a Starfleet admiral. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, Star Trek VI. Right, and here we have... Corrupt admirals. Yeah. Trek does not, admirals do not have a good track record in Trek. And now we have Section 31 being They do the not have a good track thing. record in Trek. Oh, Jesus. They don't have a good... Trek record? Trek, I almost said Trek record in Trek. Admirals in Star Trek do not have a good track, track record. record. Yes. Except for Admiral they do not. Kirk. Admittedly. I wouldn't call him corrupt, but look what he did. Yeah, he broke the rules, but... Exactly. Um, so we just find out yeah. about... We just found out about this thing today... Well, not today, but we found out about this thing this week. Yeah, Control. So that was a bummer. Yes. I think to find out that he were going to give you a bunch of exposition on this thing, and this is the threat. 
Right. So, uh, my my general takeaway was: so we got to know a character that got killed, and then we learned about a thing and found out that that was the big threat. I mean, does control evolve and become the Red Angel or something? <laughs> like, no, because the Red Angel is going against control. Or going, yeah, I don't know. It's just it's it's control versus the Red Angel. It's the Red Angel versus an AI system. Um, so again, I think that we found control the, could have been seeded throughout the show. They could right. have mentioned control. We found out that this, and we found out this AI is basically what framed Spock. Yes, yes, we did. Yeah. Now, I didn't, so it's not the Borg. I'm sorry to tell all of you. So it's kind of similar to like how I didn't care that much that a character who I just got to know died. I didn't care that much that this program that I just found out about is the villain. Yeah. Now, let's say they had built it up. They had showed us how control works well, mm -hmm. how it gives good advice, how it helps yep. them to run. Then I would have had some investment in it, and then I would have been surprised to find out. But the writers didn't do that. No. They just exposition dumped it at us and then said, oh, that's the problem, which... I found disappointing. Well, and I did some, so I did some research today on Memory Alpha, and I wanted to see if we've seen, if anything like Control has been mentioned in the franchise before. Oh, yeah. That's going to be another problem So the continuity folk. I found, so it's non-canon, but I found that there's actually, so there are a bunch of Section 31 novels, Trek novels, mm -hmm. and there is one that came out uh, two years ago. Called Control. Is it about? This? I didn't read the. I think it has. I think it has, actually. I can look really quickly, but. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it meant control, sort of like in the hypothetical sense, like you know, stay in control, or. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I think we certainly have a reason as to why they they no longer use control by the time we get to the original series because of this situation. Right. So that's fine. I mean, it's not that big of a deal. Okay. Here, nope. Here it is. Here it is right now. So this is the this is what this is what the Googs Google is telling me. Uh, Star Trek Section Thirty One was, and it's not a it's not a Star Trek Discovery novel. It's just a generic Star Trek novel. Mm -hmm. And Julian Bashir is on the cover of it. Um, huh. Is a direct sequel to Disavowed. Um, Mac explained. Mac is the author. David Mac explained on his blog that Control would chronicle Bashir's ongoing shadow war against Section Thirty One. The titular character is an artificial intelligence deployed by the Federation called Uray, which has gone rogue. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Well, there we are then. Should we read this book? It came out on March 28th, 2017. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Huh. Well, perhaps. So yeah, they're using this AI to help make decisions, and now this AI has decided something, and is doing something. Yeah. This to destroy wild. all sentient life this for some reason. This is wild, man. It's I mean, this, uh, this novel was written before Discovery even premiered. Not long, though. Not long, though. So they must... I mean, I know that the writers of the... Uh, there are... So the Discovery does have some Trek authors on their writing staff, specifically Kirsten Beyer, who writes vo a lot of Voyager novels. So I think they're taking... I know they're taking a lot from the books. Interesting. Yeah. Well, um, well, actually, and listen to this. So this is, and just to dwell on this a little bit, a little bit further. This is on the this is on the back of the book. It says, "The discovery of a 
So hold on. I know. Um, so let me read the back of the book. It says, Amoral, shrouded in secrecy, and answerable to no one. Section 31 is the mysterious covert operations division of Starfleet, a rogue shadow group pledged to defend the Federation at any cost. The discovery of a 200-year-old secret gives Dr. Julian Bashir his best chance yet to expose and destroy the illegal spy organization, but his foes won't go down with a fight, and his mission to protect the Federation might end upon triggering its destruction. Only one thing for this, certain, for this is certain. This time, the price of victory will, will be paid with Bashir's dearest blood. Now, what sticks out to me is the 200-year-old secret. The discovery of a 200-year-old secret. Oh. So well, discovery is about 100 years before this, so... Yeah, well... But we don't know how old Section 31 itself is, so... That's true. Yeah. That could even go as far back as... 200 years puts it around Enterprise's time. Which makes sense. Whatever the secret is. Whatever, whatever the secret is, yeah. It was around. So, yeah. Um, interesting to... So, uh, but Section 31 was in control of control, right? <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's absolutely sense. Yeah. Why? I mean, I'm, well, you can't answer it, but that's my question. Why were they in control of control? Yeah. Um, it would be like putting the main. Decision. I shrugged. I shrugged. Nobody was saying. Yeah. yeah. I would say it would be like putting the main decision making of the U.S. government in the hands of the CIA. Well, I think maybe because up until this point, maybe Section Thirty One really wasn't really much of a. I mean, this whole thing only happened recently. But we met Section Thirty One in Enterprise time, and they still were military. We did, but it wasn't like it wasn't like us versus them. No, but and they were far more secretive in Enterprise's time, actually. Yeah. So. Well, maybe we'll find out. But I think it just I think it had I mean a lot of it I think had to do with the Klingon War. Remember the place was mined, and so the Klingons could find it. I mean, the big thing to me I thought to myself was like, I was like why isn't this thing? Why don't you just put this thing on Earth? They make them to make Earth a target. Possibly. Oh, about it. Oh, maybe I don't know. You can't mine Earth. I guess. Yeah, but I'm sure Earth has some kind of defense system. That's true. Yeah. Um, it's called the Enterprise. Um, Starfleet's best. By the way, yeah, that was that was a good scene. It was a good scene, but like <laughs> when when she said that, when you know, again, more fight, more arguing, and Pike was like, you know, and she said. We didn't call you back because we wanted the best of Starfleet to survive. Yeah. If I'm the Discovery crew, I'd be like, well, fuck you then. Yeah, I know that. I thought that, that too. Well, also they have Lorca as a captain, so. True, but like, still, like, I'd be like, well, excuse me. I expected one of them. Because they did show some of their faces and they had a weird look, but they looked proud of, of, of Pike. Yeah. But I think it was just, yeah, Pike's the most ethical and the most willing to, like, stick to the. Fuck you, Admiral. Stick to the philosophy. Yeah. And certainly Lorca was not that. So no. she should have said the best captain or something. That would have sounded better at least. Possible. But I know, it's, it's needed, you need to put the Enterprise on a pedestal because we know how important the Enterprise is. But still. Yeah, but I thought it was great because then it validated. Do you ever think there's like other like ships out there that are just like, oh, fucking Enterprise. <laughs> we do all these great things and they get all the attention. It was great that it validated Pike's, you know, righteous, holier-than-thou stance that he was right. taking. Of, and let this happen, and so like, yeah, well, we put you out there because we know that you are holier than thou, and you do stick to all the rules. So that's what we wanted to live on. Yeah, it was nice. I don't know. <laughs> I just yeah yeah. Or Detmer would be best. 
I'm definitely pissed. Yeah, Michael, she, she shows the right to be pissed. But, I mean, we find so we find out that it's Arium who is... So Arium has been sending messages to Control, and so Arium basically takes everything she's downloaded, puts it onto Discovery, and then downloads um, everything. Was it, every, was it It was everything from the Sphere, I believe, right? She just down, yeah, she's downloading everything from the Sphere to Control. To Control. So the Control will know everything. Correct. Including the census, all the census data of Saru's planet. Right. Yeah. Um, but I got to say, as somebody now, I, I, I want to go down this road for a second. I, some, that was not clear to me watching the show that that's, is that, that, that was actually what was going on. Because I remember I was telling you earlier today, like there are a lot of moments on this show that I just have trouble following. I agree. Like sometimes it's just, it's not as clear to me. Like, and I, and I actually saw some people tweeting about that because they were like, that, that didn't really make any sense. What does that mean? You have these scenes on Discovery where, like, um, there'll be a problem. There'll be, like, a group of characters discussing it, and then they'll come up with a possible solution or a theory. And I'm just like, wait, what? Like, how did you even... So, like, in this case, when they were saying, like, like the leaps that they will make. So, in this case, and I hope I don't get this wrong, but they're talking about what Ari what I was talking about, what Arian was doing. And they said, well, that way control will know everything. And it provides a path to consciousness and oh, and that could destroy our sentient life. And I'm like, I'm like, wait, hold on. <laughs> like, like, why are you taking such a, yeah. Well, yeah. I think, I mean, am I wrong? I, no, I, get what, feel... I mean, I happen to follow that one, but I get yeah. what you mean. And I think it's because sometimes I, I mean, sometimes like I don't hear it. I'm like, wait, go back. What? I think it's because they were doing so much exposition because like we said, they just Thank introduced this control thing. Right. So we had to first get up to speed on what the hell control was. Right. Then we just had to as get they up, did, right? In a way. Then we had to get up to speed on, re up to speed on the sphere, which I don't think that was even explained well earlier. No. And we still were getting up to speed on Arium and what she was doing. Right. So you had, and we just found out about Arium. So we had all these things that we had to sort of put together when we didn't know any of them all no. that well. And and this even the sphere thing, like I get, I. I <laughs> I don't really understand its importance. Like I, it, this, this is like this is like five episodes ago. Yeah, and they're still well, talking. Well, they have about all it. the information ever ever was. Okay, fine, but I guess. at the time it was when they found it in that episode. I just thought, okay, this is like your this is your space phenomenon of the week thing. This is tying to the great. <laughs> this is tying to the greater plot, and we find and so I kind of just and so it wasn't clear at the time. So I kind of dismissed it. Like, okay, it's just a spear. <laughs> well, they it's got, got all the information. It got this information for over a hundred thousand. Okay, great, whatever. Red Angel, please, Spock, please. What, what? Yeah. And then we found out no, but that's actually important because they didn't keep mentioning each week. They could have said, "Oh, we're getting the information from the sphere that will help us." Right. Whatever. Yeah, it's very this and 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 again, maybe it's because I sometimes just have trouble focusing on things. But there's so much going on all at once. Big things, you know minor things, very small things that I'm just like, it's, it's sometimes difficult for me to sort of get everything in a, in a, you know, I hate this expression, getting ducks in a, getting my ducks in a row as it were. Yeah. And sometimes I just don't remember everything that's taken place before. And I'm just like, wait, what is this? And then, yeah. and then I get into this whole thing, like, 
how the fuck did they map this out in the writer's room? Like, what is... Well, so it comes down to this thing, actually. But they, these scenes of exposition is what yeah. I'm running into problems with. There's a thing in education where, like, it's pretty obvious. You have to repeat things for people to learn them. Of course. You can't just teach someone something once and then not talk about it for a week. And, and in this case, it's like, I, I, episodes may require multiple viewings or something like that, is what you're saying. Well, or... or you integrate Keep reminding them, the audience. You integrate them more into the show, so they come up again and again, and then you understand right. them. Right. And that's what we we're not getting. Oh, we're not. You're saying we're not getting. We're it. not getting that. No, because yeah. like we found out about the sphere, and then the sphere disappeared. And now the sphere is important again. Right. Three or four weeks later. So of course we have to say, oh wait, what sphere? Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. I think I kind of remember what the sphere was about. Right. So. I think that these these things are not being integrated. It's no, the, show. the 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 show gets frustrating for me sometimes in in those scenes of in those scenes of exposition. It just and I just have trouble. I have difficulty following sometimes because I don't want to I don't want to miss anything. So like if something is revealed as as in this episode there was, it's not a huge reveal to me because I'm like, wait, what was that? Hmm. So so it, it, in but, this case though they revealed things, but they didn't they didn't reveal things. There were big things, as you said, but they didn't reveal them. They didn't reveal them as such. There were a lot of big things that happened. I mean, yeah. we, had a, we had a regular character die. Yeah, we found out what the major threat was that was going to destroy all sentient life. Right, and yet none of it landed with any impact. I don't think. No. And I think that's because we just learned about both of those things in the same episode that we found out that they were important. And and I don't know if and again I don't know if it's a case of is it me am I just not paying enough attention is it is it not written well but like when I when I go back and look at the episode when they arrive in the mirror universe despite yourself from last season mm-hmm. you had that moment of exposition where they had to explain to you why the defiant was important and Burnham explains it like in a sentence right. all she says was it's it's unclear but data suggests that in the future the defiant will encounter a phenomenon that will bring it into this alternative universe's past. That's it. Yeah. But in this one, you're introducing things, you're explaining things, and you're theorizing on things, and it's just I'm just like, oh my god, stop, slow down. Yeah. What is happening right now? And it's strange because, you know, Star Trek has always had its, as people call it, techno-bowel. Yeah. But I never had this kind of trouble when they were talking about anomalies and spatial distortions and no. whatnot. It always seemed to make more sense. So I don't know what it is that, I think because we're getting into bigger concepts, Right, and then we have to. It's 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 modern storytelling in Trek. Yeah, but this is I kind of like, new territory for the franchise in a way. I kind of feel like they. I wish they had. I never really asked this or want this for shows anymore. But I wish they had more episodes. So yeah, we could have like gotten like maybe this the control episode where we find out what control is, and the Arium right. episode where we get you know an right. Arium backstory episode. But we would have complained about that and said, "Oh, this is filler. What the hell does this mean?" I don't know. I Possibly. Think we will. We like this. You're saying like maybe this, this, this. At least it's so far like this season's plot almost seems too big. Yeah, there's the, too much crammed in. There's too much yeah. episodes. Yeah. Like there could have been a great Arium episode where we get to know her whole backstory and her struggle with it. Well, because One again, episode. you know, when you when you think about the season, and obviously the season on overview, we've got six, five, six episodes left. The big the big stories to address are obviously you know. The hell is the Red Angel, and you know, Spock and Burnham. Those are the those are the two major things of the season. But now they're sort of 
getting into these there are these smaller things and you have section 31 and you're like how the hell does that fit in and then you have burnham's parents murdered burnham's don't parents that. Mur right and so but the thing is they're introducing these things in like episode four and you're like wait no yeah. focus on at least at least um michael's parents murder was introduced earlier because it's going to be important at some point right and if they had brought it up in the same episode that they resolved it then that would have been Crazy. Yeah, like right now, I still see no reason. We still have no sort of resolution for that. Like, okay, yeah, but just fine because that is seeding it through earlier episodes. Yeah, it would, but I feel like, but it's still not clear to me why this is a, why there's sort of this anti Spock movement happening. Well, you were right, didn't you notice? Actually, I, I forgot to mention this. You, your theory that I sort of poo pooed last week as being crazy, is right. Remind me. There are. Um, Logic extremists that work oh, on, yeah. on right. um, control yep. and run Section 31. Mm -hmm. So kudos to you. I would have never thought that because it seems like but that's still, a but to me that's But to me, that still doesn't answer the question. Well, no, but it explains I mean, I mean, unless the answer's already there where they say the logic extremists, because Spock says, you weren't the danger, it was me. Yes, and that's who they're going after. They're not going after Michael. Probably because he's not a... I mean, and the reason could just simply be, oh, because... Or just implied, because he's not a full-blooded Vulcan, and it could just be... That could be the only mm -hmm. reason. But he even says to Stamets, uh, you know, I'm not the only one. There are other half-Vulcan, half-humans. Right. I'm like, so who... Did, yeah. Did Tripp and Paul have children in that... Uh, oh. In that time span between the... Uh, between the penultimate episode and the final episode of Enterprise. Could be. That we didn't know about. He was certainly trying. Yeah. So. Yeah, so weird thing that, I mean, I, I guess I feel vindicated. I actually forgot that I spun that theory that there were logic extremists within Section 31, but, uh, or within Starfleet. But, uh, really? <laughs> I, I, no, I kind of, because I think I kind of came up with it when we were doing that, as we were talking. Yeah, so no, it wasn't. You, you nailed it. It wasn't something that I uh, still had in mind, so. Uh, okay. I guess I was... See, I, was, I thought that was too far of a callback. I'm talking about how there weren't enough threads woven. Well, that was one thread that was woven, right. and I missed it. And did you that? Did you say that while you were watching? You're like, oh, he was right. I did. Yep. Well, but then I didn't text you about that. Only so you would have been like, you were right. I'd be like, about what? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I waited until 3 a.m. to text you about Arium. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't get that. I'm like, why are you awake? <laughs> I, I mean, I wasn't even awake, oddly enough. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I literally woke, you know, you wake up to go to the bathroom or whatever, I woke up and I felt the need to text you. Did you, think I, was, did you think I was still awake? No, I didn't oh. even remember doing it. I woke up to take a pee in the middle of the night. And oh, great, I was being, you, got, you did a piss and a text, that's good. Um, I'm, well, I'm assuming that's what happened. Yeah. I can't know. Um, so we're in bonus content time, man. Yeah, well, uh, to, to kind of wrap this up on uh, at least... You know all this stuff. So I mean, I would say I'm feeling very lukewarm on the episode right now because I on, on this episode, and I think because the way I'm seeing this all right now, I know how many episodes we have left, and I keep sort of saying to myself, guys, you know, like fucking the clock is ticking here. Like again, I'm feeling the same way I felt when Lost was coming to an end. I was thinking, I was thinking, um, what the hell was that? Oh, I was thinking like, sorry, something got distracted, something distracted me outside. It sounded like firecrackers or something. It was a UPS truck. Um, I was like, guys, like, 
Wrap it up. The clock is ticking. Like, stop, you know, st- start wrapping these threads up, basically. And, yeah. and um, because I know that this, they don't, because when they write this stuff, they don't know when they when they plan their seasons out. They don't know if they're going to get renewed for another season or not. So they can't let things sort of linger into the next season. Basically, well, they could. I mean, they could, but well, um, certainly did. But they had a planned ending for that show, right? At that point, do you think but, the show has a planned ending? I don't know. I mean, I think that I think the exception came last season when I think they got renewed while they were still. That's why the last episode got, could have been the that's last why, episode of the th- series. But but then but I think I even said back then, when the Enterprise showed up, I thought to myself, that to me probably came at the last second because they probably found out, hey guys, we're renewed. Mm. And I'm sure they had ideas already kicking around for the next season. So they were like, let's just get the, let's just okay. They probably hadn't gone to film yet, but they were like, let's get Let's put this in there at the last second because if you really think about it, yeah. that sh- if you remove the Enterprise out of that last episode of last season, oh, I see, because it was just a tag on. It was just like a well, right? Because like I mean, post credit scene about, to a Marvel film in a way. I mean, if you think about it, though, Michael's arc in a way was completed by the end of that season. That's true. She had gotten back into the good graces. She had right. redeemed herself. So it's almost like the show, in a way, it kind of run its yeah no course I mean, up to that point. So I think they're kind of doing the, I think they're going to take a bit of an American Horror Story approach where like they're not going to change the cast every season. Every season is going to be a sort of new um, story thread. We get to Columbia next season. Columbia. Is that the name of one of the Constitution class? No. That's the NXO2. Oh. Yeah. Um, So... Hopefully, when this season comes to an end, we'll get some. Oh, I don't know if we'll get some sort of tag in next season because they only renewed it a few weeks ago, so they were. I think they were done filming. So, mm. um, yeah. Well, I think. I mean, most shows. The writers are always, I think, thinking of the next season. Right. Because even Punisher, which sort of everybody well, knew I, it was going to get canceled, well, they, 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 they said, like, well, "Here's our we have a plan for next season." Well, they definitely do think of next season, but I think that. I don't think they're gonna. I don't think they intentionally drop shit in there, saying like, "Yep, we're gonna get renewed." We know it, because you never know. <laughs> yeah. I think sure. I think the renewal came last season while they were still making it, and so that's why they were able to fit the Enterprise in there at the very end. I see. Yeah. I, I respect a show that has a vision that sticks to it. Yeah. And doesn't worry about getting renewed, and they just. Execute. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see where they take the show next season. Because it's, yeah. you know, there's no been no indication, at least for me as such, right now. But Right. Oh, in odds and ends? Yeah. Um, but overall, I'm, I'm kind of lukewarm on the episode. I, okay, so here's mine. I liked aspects of it. I loved the Michael-Spock relationship. Mm. And I loved the last scene of Michael and Ariam. Yeah. Because of what the conversation with Spock before. So I like the character stuff that happened, not the big plot stuff. Right. So, I, I thought that was excellent. Yeah. I'd agree with that. The character stuff I liked. The, uh, where it fits into the greater, to the grander plot. Mm. Mm. But we did get our second Enduring, so. We did. Well, no, that's the I same think... Starfleet Enduring we've seen. The dead one? The dead one, yeah. Oh. Yeah. Um, but this episode was also directed by Jonathan Frakes. Okay, yeah, actually, that reminds um, me. Um wanted to talk about Jonathan Frakes' direction. Okay. Okay. 
I feel like I know where you're going to go with this, so... I'm all for weird camera movements. I knew you were going to... See, I knew... And I had the same thing. Same <laughs> but thing. only when they mean something for the for the show. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I felt like his camera movements were more like, check out what I can do with the camera. Right. <laughs> like do a loop-de-loop. The, the two that jumped out to me was when the shuttle came in. Yeah. And then it, there was a scene between a panel Pike. in the hall. Yeah, and it like and it did a complete down. 360. I'm like, why? Yes. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> so, this guy's been directing since like 1992, yes. 1991. Now, like, normally, when you're going to do things like that, it's because you're trying to communicate something about how it's just a weird transition. But let's say like things had changed in a dramatic way, and things had like gone to a different level. You do the upside down thing to show like everything is turned around. Right. It would mean something, but. These didn't mean anything, I don't think. But even when Burnham and Arium were fighting, what the hell was with that slow motion Matrix thing that happened? Oh, I'm I didn't like, even notice that. She, Burn, uh, Arium, like, I think she kicks her or punches Michael, and Michael just goes flying back. And she actually went like, oh, whoa! Yeah, and I'm that's like, right. I'm like, oh. Yeah, I didn't get that. I've missed you, 1997. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I guess I didn't, yeah, I didn't get that. I mean, I but, sure. but as I was saying to you as we were at the store, like, Michael was doing some Kirk stuff in that fight. Like, Arium had her picked up, I think, by her neck, and Michael took both of... Michael hit Arium on both sides of her head. <laughs> yeah, that's what we're... And I'm like, that's what Kirk would have... And then, no, but then she didn't do any of the double fist. Yeah, two fists together and just no. like a hammer. That's <laughs> no. the person's back. That actually hurts to do, because it hurts you. Yeah, because your hands are intertwined. Right. You well, have to do it like this. It's these two... It's your yeah. back two fingers. You have to do it like this for it to work. Yeah. Like, so I'm wrapping one hand around... But the thing fist. is... This week and last week, we've seen a lot of people fighting on the show, and I just want to see one person do that Kirk move. Remember from uh, Journey to Where he he jumps on the wall, off the wall, <laughs> and lands butt first right. on the person. Yeah. Well, because we were I mean, we were talking about that in an episode a few weeks ago, and you were like, "Yeah." I was watching, and I remember just the way you said it. You were like, "Yeah." He's like, by the way, I was watching during the, I was watching during the Babel, and just the way you turn your voice, I'm like, I know exactly what you're going to talk about <laughs> that fight scene, right? And you're like. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> there's no context. It just opens up with the two of them fighting. You don't even see the fight begin. And the move is so weird. Right. It jumps off, kicks off the wall, and then lands butt first on the guy. And he doesn't really, because if you watch the choreography, you can tell he doesn't land on him. Um, yeah. I, I, I like to think that um, the choreographer, the fight choreographer, had the day off. And they just told Chad, they're like, yeah, just, you know, just yeah, improvise a fight. Do you want. And that's what he came up with. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Shatter. If you watch a lot of those fights in the original series, like what, what, that involves like you know somebody hitting a wall or whatnot, you can see the walls sort of like shake. You can just tell they're like, plywood. They're plywood. You can tell like sets not built to withstand to withstand that. So, um, yep. But no, I, I want to see some Kirk like more fisticuffs like that. But yeah, and uh, maybe perhaps Starfleet trains people to fight that way. Maybe. I, I was just saying to you, I'm like, I want to see, I want to see, a, I want to see a short trek on. Starfleet combat training. I want to see how officers are supposed to supposed to fight because I have to assume there is. I have to assume they teach them self defense. Yeah, they must teach them something. Yeah, they all have a consistent style. Yeah, Arian was very strong. I have to say, which makes sense. You know, yeah. Data was very strong. Yeah, totally. I mean, I there was an episode. Um, I don't remember which one it was. Could have been the Big Goodbye. I know they're on the holodeck. Somebody's holding a gun. Somebody's holding a gun, and Data comes in and just grabs the guy's index finger. And the guy, like, just, like, drops to his knees. Because he's just, he's just holding his index finger. He's just squeezing it so, squeezing it so hard, yeah. 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 
Um, but next week's episode is called is actually called the Red Angel. Hey, now. So we will see. But Arium left it by saying, "Find Project, Project Daedalus. Daedalus." Maybe Project Daedalus is. The I'm like Daedalus. I did. It's the name of this episode. <laughs> yeah, it was funny. As I said, uh, it would be like calling um, Citizen Kane Rosebud. Yeah. Because it's the last line. Find Project Daedalus. So. So maybe Project Daedalus is the Red Angel. Or maybe. not. Or who knows? We don't know anything. Is it another name for control? <laughs> I have no idea. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, um. So. Uh, I hope, like, given what we were talking about this episode, yeah. Uh, if they take the same style next week, then we're gonna find out. We're gonna get a bunch of exposition about a person, and then they're gonna be the Red Angel. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I'd rather it be something that has been seeded somewhere else in the season. Mm. I don't want to find out. Oh, here's a bunch of stuff about some random person. You don't want you don't want basically for the Red Angel. You don't want them to take the approach they did with this episode, where they just introduce things in that episode whenever this if there's a reveal. Yes. You want the Red Angel to be like you basically want to go back and see the clues that led to whatever this reveal. Yes. Maybe if there's a reveal at all. Yes, I want yeah. the Red Angel to be not necessarily someone we know, but at least something that previous episodes had pointed toward. You want the Red Angel to be to Paul. Well, I do want that. Or Archer. Or Porthos. Oh, wow, Porthos. You know, yeah, something. Trip. Malcolm. But I do like, your, I do like your idea Yosh. that maybe... Sato. I do like your idea that maybe, you know, the Arium, or even the data from the Sphere, is what the AI from Calypso is. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And... Some, you know, we're going to compare a, the voices between Calypso and Arium. And, and there was a theory online that that the Red Angel could be Discovery's AI. Because I say it's from the future, and that takes place a thousand years in the future, so... Yeah, maybe. Maybe, but... I'll take it, I guess. Yeah. No, I won't take that. <laughs> I, yeah. Why would she create such a... Well, well, I don't know. All right, no. Here's why it can't be. They're definitely in... Okay. Bonus content time. So her ideal, um, her, talking about the ship, mm -hmm. her image of a woman was based on Audrey Hepburn. Right. Audrey Hepburn does not have hips like the Red Angel has. So I think that she would base the body form on Audrey Hepburn and it would be much uh, assuming more the Red straight. Assuming the Red Angel is a woman. Well, the ship's a woman. Yeah. And the red well, so a woman's voice. But when we see the, I've mentioned this before. When we see the uh, silhouette, yeah, it is, I am of the opinion that the silhouette has a very oh, uh, female form right now. Yeah, shapely yeah. hips. Well, I'm not saying that um, men cannot also have curvaceous hips. I'm not being gender normative here, but yeah. if I had to guess, it's Trek. It's a okay. TV show. Yeah, if they put the hips. Mm. If the hips fit, you must acquit. You're talking about a curves, basically. Yes. Yeah. That's why at first I thought of Edward Pike, and then I thought, Pike has nice hips, but well, not that nice. It's Vina. Oh, yeah, but, yeah that, that could be. That could definitely be. It's Vina for some reason. If they have a way to keep her alive. If they have a way to keep her alive. <clears throat> oh, so, did you see those toys I texted you the pictures of? By the way? I did. 
I did. Was that? That was yeah. That Those was, are from the seventies. That was that was weird. That yeah. Was really bizarre. Um, so we'll be back next Saturday to discuss. Uh, hopefully next Saturday. Presuming not one of us gets sick. Yeah. To discuss the next episode, the Red Angel. Yes, and <clears throat> once again, tweet us. Disco podcast. What um, do you do when you listen? Also, just if you're here, if you're here, if you stuck with us into the bonus content time, let us know. Let us know you're here. Tweet us a quick. Um, and also, yeah, our next podcast is starting up soon. The Twilight Zone. Next Twilight Zone podcast, which is called. Uh, what did I call it? As, <laughs> no, because I had to rename it. Uh, as Timeless as Infinity, a Twilight Zone podcast. Oh, you had to rename it? I didn't hear about this. Uh, you can find it on Twitter at four approval f o r approval. Yeah, we I initially called it the Fifth Dimension, a oh, yeah, yeah, podcast, that and that was taken. Granted, it hadn't been active for quite some time, Should've but um, made them an offer they can't refuse. Well, I didn't want if we decided to go with that name. I didn't want them to. Um, I didn't want people to sort of think, oh, that yeah. it's now active again, and then it, somebody from that podcast could have contacted me. I just was, was well, so like, we could have made them an offer they can't refuse. Yeah, but I had to basically. You know, date mine the the Twilight Zone opening narrations over the years and see what I could pull out of that to make a uh, to make a um, podcast title out of it. So nice. Yeah, I chose yeah. with I cho- I went with as it was time. a bunch. But yeah, some of them were very weird. Yeah, some there was one called like the Twilight Zone Zone podcast, and I'm just like, okay, <laughs> okay. That's a little um, cheeky. I did find a cool one though for um, and now I'm like getting into like podcast promotion time uh, for. Do uh, you remember that show Alfred Hitchcock Presents? Oh, I love that show. There was this is a podcast devoted to that, and it's oh, called wow. it's called the Good Evening Podcast. And they follow us. They follow that. They follow us. Good evening. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Oh man, I'm gonna send them a message. I don't know their Twitter handle, but they're uh, it's probably just Good Evening Cast. We'll because I do love that show. Yeah. So. The theme song to that show. So it's a piece of classical music. It's called Funeral for Marionette. And the reason I remember that because I when somebody somebody told me what the name of that song was, and they said it's called "Funeral for Marionette." I'm just like, that sounds like the per- that's like the perfect like heavy metal song. <laughs> it is like that's a perfect heavy you metal do, actually, title. You can just do a heavy for, metal version of that song. Funeral cool. for a Marionette. That's the heavy metal I listen to. The heavy metal I listen to. I'm like that. I can totally see that as being a. Uh, He'd be a band. Being name. a heavy metal song. A band that I'm in apparently. Yeah, yeah. Because I always get asked that. What's your in a band? No, I have, I have an idea for a band name if I was ever to start. So. You heard it here first, in bonus content. That I'm not in a band. <laughs> but if he was, the name is yeah. decided. Yes. All right. Back next week. Bye.